0: I mean, with all this talk about the scandal, and man, we have been covering it nonstop. Let's just throw it back to the good old days. I mean, I hear from you guys so much that Bravo has changed. Bravo has changed. It really has changed. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, guys. I mean, look, the ratings certainly for all of this isn't what it used to be. And I don't know. I mean, is the housewife's formula played out? Is it time for changes? I don't really have all the answers. I know that, you know, Beverly Hills had a great season last season. I don't know. Not too much going on this season so far. Potomac just had an off season for me. I'm cautiously optimistic about the return of Atlanta, but not so excited. The OC, I don't know. Eh, I guess Tamara being back is good. I'm I'm hoping that's great. I'm really hoping it's all great, but let's just throw it back old school to the good old days of Bravo today. Here is another chat, which is lost on our back feed. This is with, yes, Real Housewives of DC. Look, I don't think the show will ever be back for a lot of reasons. It's really hard in DC. It's really hard to film a reality show there with politics. And, you know, I mean, not just like the political landscape and access, and I mean, people to participate. Everyone needs clearance. And if you're that heavily into politics, you know, high up, you're not going to get clearance. So, but the good old days of RHO DC, they had that mega reunion during COVID my God, COVID. But here we share a chat with Miss Mary Amons, one of the OGs. I mean, it only lasted one season. Talk about it all. Of course, we talk about the White House crash, Michaela. Michaela's wonderful, guys. She really is. She's living her best life, married to Mr. Journey over there. You know, living the rock star's wife dream. She's lovely. She wants nothing to do with the housewives sends love to everyone is not coming on behind the velvet rope because she's not going to talk about housewives. So that's all you guys want to talk about. This originally aired May 22, 2020, May 22, 2020. We share a chat and we just take a trip down lane. How many of you watched Real Housewives of DC? I bet you some of you 20 somethings are saying, what the hell is Real Housewives of DC? And we have a lot of 20 something listeners Last time I gave a shout out, you guys all reached out to me and I said, do we really? You all came out of nowhere. So enjoy this chat with Miss Mary Amons from The Real Housewives of DC, lost on our back feed. We hope you guys enjoy it. That's what we're doing on Sundays. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing today? Let's just get right into it because we are here with... Real housewife of DC. Yes, I said DC. The one, the only Mary Ammons. Did I say your last name right? Is it Ammons or almonds or neither? It's
1: lit. It's long A. Amens.
0: Amen. A- amen. Like, how,
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> like, Amen. Mary is with us today. How are you? Hallelujah. <laughs>
1: I'm doing well, thank you. I am um, uh, really loving being here in Southern Maryland at our family farm. You know, I've been living in Texas for the last two years, and um, I came here in January because my dad was having some surgery, and I had a job opportunity to do a design project. And I ended up not being able to get back to Texas because of this whole... Pandemic, and so I am here hunkered, and um I, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad place to be.
0: <laughs> okay, first of all, let's just describe what I'm looking at. I'm looking at you, and like what? It looks like a gazillion acres of land is behind you. Is this well, farm? It's that, not
1: a gazillion.
0: It's a lot, Mary. <laughs> it,
1: it's it's about three hundred acres, and we're down. Um, just up from the Chesapeake Bay on the St. Mary's River. And we're um, just up at the end of the river. And the house that I'm staying in that that belongs to my parents that we've owned since I was 13 years old was brought over in 1652 on a boat from England by Sir Christopher Wren, who was the architect and designer of St. Paul's Cathedral in London.
0: Oh, my God. Sounds really
1: fancy to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just
0: looking at, like, how much land is behind you. It looks so nice. And Usually
1: it- there's cows horses behind me where you can see this.
0: Wow. But so, not- I mean, here you are. You're just quarantined there. So you have a lot of time to walk around, right? Oh,
1: my gosh. It's not the worst place in the whole world to be stuck. Um, and my parents, I'm here with my parents, just us. Uh, uh, my brother and his wife and five children live on the place, but they're in another pla- another house. Um, and we're kind of social distancing from them because they're little kids and my dad and mom are, um, in their seventies and eighties and dad just had t- some heart surgery. So, um, we need to be really careful here. So I'm, I'm less to be just the only out of six of my siblings to be here hanging with mom and dad. And this place is beautiful. There's a beautiful kitchen that I've been cooking in. And in the in the process of being here for the last couple of months, I have decided that I'm going to be launching my blog, uh, my lifestyle blog. And most of it is going to be about cooking healthy recipes. So I've
0: been doing wow. that since I was here. So you've been yeah. working on that. I'm telling you, <laughs> this quarantine, if you use it right, like I'm using it right for work, like you could get a lot done. You, you can, you know, it's really
1: interesting how, um, it's really going to be a study in, in human behavior. I think, uh, when, when this is all over, because, um, we've never done this as a culture. We've never done this as a, as a global collective, a human collective and, Um, it's going to be really interesting to, to hear about how people coped and, and what they did to stay sane and healthy and, um, structured. I mean, I've really learned that, um, you really have to implement some structure in your day to make sure that you're not sleeping too long or eating too much or drinking too much or doing too much of anything or doing nothing at all, you know?
0: Seriously. I mean, I started right out with the structure and like, I've, so, I mean, I feel like I've been working more now than, I mean, just in this whole quarantine, than like a really long time, you know, yeah, which is good. I, I know.
1: And well, being here with my parents has been really awesome because this is, this is their home. Um, They, they sold our family home about 15 years ago and they live here this was our second home down here on the water outside of DC and um it's it can accommodate we can sleep 30 of us here in the house and wow. i mean there's a big bunk room with a bunch of bunk beds and and um in our family total there's 33 people including my parents
0: wow and we ditched
1: a few so there were more, there were more but um there a couple of them got booted um, <laughs> but, um, like husband, um, anyway, um, that was supposed to be funny, but. You well, I laugh.
0: mean, no, I was gonna <laughs> say, well, you might, I'm just thinking of the space, like you have a lot of space, like that must be so nice for quarantine. The opposite of where I am in New York city. I mean, I'm in my apartment it's not so yeah. small, but like, you know, it's nothing like that. Yeah. Where but, are your children? But
1: what's been fun? My, my children are scattered. I have, okay. um. You know, I have five total and two, uh, uh, three of them are now in DC. One of them lives outside of DC and the other one lives in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. And the, one of the one of my daughters was in, in New York City and has been working for the last year in New York City and got out um, around the first week of February. And is staying with a brother and his family that have a garage apartment. So she's safe and sound and can work remotely from home, um, which she does anyway. So um, everyone's safe. And I'm, I'm blessed to be here. What I was going to share with you is that because yes. this was our second home, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of like there's just a lot of stuff where everyone has kind of flopped and dumped their stuff when they move like you know kids that are moving out of the house going to, to either college or everyone knows that they can sort of store their belongings here at the farm because there's a few barns and space where they can just sort of dump their crap and so my project has been with my mom to just like start to clear all that stuff out because it's time and the other thing that we've done is my mom and I both paint. We've been painting for about 25 years. Oh,
0: wow. And
1: um, we, we set up one of our, one of the rooms here as an art studio for her. Cause she just retired as a nurse, a full-time nurse at 77. And thank God. I mean, that Seriously. happened in January.
0: Wow. And, and it
1: had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with this. It was just time for her to re- retire. Um, and it's, Um, It's a blessing in disguise because the floor she worked on at the hospital here has now turned into the COVID floor. So, um, you know, things happen for
0: a reason. No question. Well, I mean, kudos to her for working till she's 77. Like, OMG. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here.
1: 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as... What are you waiting for? Go to indicloudco spring24 and get discreet delivery on top-shelf THC products. Head over to indacloud.co spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order.
0: So I had another great Vanderpump Rules party. Listen, we are all engrossed in this scandal, right? It's all we want to talk about here behind the ballot rope. And my parties have now become a regular thing. And it's great because last minute when I throw this all together, you don't think I plan this, even though it happens every week ahead of time. I order the pizzas and then I go to Drizzly for the alcohol. I'm a good host. You have to provide alcohol, right? Listen, Drizzly is amazing. It's the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits and have it delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Are you as busy as I am? You don't have time to go to the alcohol store. You know, Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery. And it's not just that the alcohol comes so quickly. They have every type of alcohol you pretty much want, such a wide variety of a selection. And I love that they basically are economical. They shop across multiple stores to compare prices and they really find the best deals on what you're looking for. Vodka, tequila, after dinners, wine, champagne, everything you could imagine. So the next time you're having people over or maybe having a nightcap by yourself, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com, the number one app for alcohol delivery.
1: She's a rock star. I mean, she's on the, we got a Peloton bike. That was the other thing that that we've done. And we put we put our art studio and the gym outside in a sunroom area overlooking the pool with a view. And we and my mom, before she retired from work, she would go, when she wasn't working, she would go to yoga in the morning and spin class at night. I mean, the woman is wow. just an incredibly strong, useful, amazing woman. Wow.
0: Grandmother
1: I- of 25, 25
0: grandkids, you know? Oh, my God.
1: I'm just yeah. jealous
0: that you have a gym. I mean, I'm doing my online boot camps <laughs> in the morning, but like, just to have... Any piece of equipment, oh, my God, that sounds like a dream come <laughs> through right
1: now. Well, we've both become Peloton addicts. We kind of are – it's funny. Every time I say I'm going to go get on the bike, she'll tell me that she was just about to go get on the bike. <laughs> so we have a little bit. I think we need to add some structure to our Peloton use too.
0: <laughs> like have like a sign-out sheet or like one of those sign-up sheets, like book your time in the morning yeah. when you want to work out. yeah. Now, like, remind me, are you from the D.C. area originally? I, I, I forgot.
1: Yes, I am second generation. My mom is from here.
0: Oh, wow. Um, she, she
1: grew up in the, the horse country of Virginia, and we grew up in northern Virginia just kind of by the CIA in McLean.
0: And you're kind it's of an like... an a...
1: interesting little place to live. It's a little quote from Red Bull High, School. it's just an interesting little place to live. Colin Powell lives across the street. You remember that? Oh my God. <laughs> Ethel Kennedy lives down the street or did.
0: <laughs> I mean, are you. Uh, the, I mean, that's the thing about DC. It's like the LA of politics. Like, it's all. I mean, is just DC just like, it's just politics, politics, politics.
1: Well, it's interesting that you asked that because it's kind of um, a, an unspoken language that. If you're in a social setting, you'd never ever address politics. Although these days, I would say that it's it's probably a bit different now. I've been gone for two years, so I don't really know what it's like in the social settings uh, presently. Um, well, we don't have those anymore. But I mean, since Trump was elected and how how people are are managing those conversations or if those conversations are happening in social settings, because it's, it's, you know, the, even the people the if there were people here that voted for him, they're not happy. I can say that
0: most of them, really,
1: a lot of them. Yes, for sure. Especially he, now.
0: <laughs> really? Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was going to be one of my questions for you. Like what's the, I mean, that really was a question like COVID aside, like what was the, like, what's the atmosphere in DC? But I mean, I guess if you haven't been there, but that's the general feeling. Yeah, I haven't spent
1: much time here. Well, well, yeah. In fact, um, several members of my family, including my democratic dad, who, you know, was part of the Kennedy days and worked for president Kennedy. Um, he voted for Trump because he had to vote against Hillary. He did not like Hillary and he, he can't even watch him now. It's just, he, I mean, he's, he's just repulsed by his behavior, by what he's done. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of people um, feel that that way, even though, you know, there's, I think there has been some good that's happened, but I think overall his behavior is so horrible that it's, you know, it's, you know, something's gonna happen. And it's gonna be interesting to see what happens at the other at at the other end of this, um, the COVID thing and, and how it it ends up because we are in an election year. That's what's so crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean that's the thing. It's like yeah. Yes. Like I think this could either make or break the election, really.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean it just it just depends.
0: And that's the general gist. Of and you, like,
1: and you know, the whole thing. Sorry to interrupt, but the whole, this whole, this whole um, pandemic has completely overtaken our news, and the election isn't even really being talked about. And um, it's just a hundred percent news right now is this pandemic, and you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: That's what I said the other day. Yeah. I'm like, I don't re I mean, first of all, I've stopped watching the news because I feel A, I'm working too much, but B, I feel like I feel like I get enough news just from little sni snippets from people I talk to. So I have officially stopped watching the news, but I don't remember the news before COVID. Like, will the news ever be about anything else? I mean, I realize not today, but it's hard to imagine like a year from now turning on the news to actual news. Yeah. Well, if you think back before COVID, the entire news
1: stream was all about Trump. Yeah. Nothing else was being discussed. Nothing else really, unless yeah. it was, you know, some some something really big, but that that was like squeezed in there just mentioned, but it was it was mostly 24/7 Trump and this administration and what's happening.
0: Yeah. But I find that that's interesting what you say about like D.C., like the etiquette is like not really to mention politics. I feel you should never mention politics, how much money you make or your age. Like, don't ask me my age. Don't ask me my political affiliation and don't ask me how much money I make. Other than that, you can ask me anything. I'm a complete open book. That's what I feel.
1: Well, one of the one of the main questions that happens here in D.C. and social circles is where'd you go to school? Or if you have children, where are your children in school? Mm. It's, just, it's 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 kind of there is a little bit of an elitist um, attitude here about education, and I think that has to do with
0: with the the politics here. In- interesting now when so being a dc girl from right from the beginning when they were casting do you remember when they were starting to cast this show like did you watch the other bravo like housewives before they kind of brought it to dc i really rarely watched it um i had
1: been exposed um when the oc first started and my daughters started watching it and it was on the tv in the kitchen sometimes and i remember after the first season they were marathoning it and i remember being completely sucked into it and going what in the heck is this craziness <laughs> um so i was i was familiar with it but i really hadn't been exposed to much because i wasn't i'm i'm not a person that enjoys watching a whole lot of drama and women catfighting and um you know it was i i wasn't I wouldn't call myself a fan at the
0: time for sure. You were just like, what is this?
1: Yes. And, it, and you know, I, I, um, when they approached me, they asked me if I would be interested in being on a reality show. And they didn't tell me what it was. In fact, they wouldn't tell us what it was until we were um, presented with our contracts, which was like, um, I want to say three months after our discussions began, they were calling in another show. They were calling it inside Washington.
0: How did they approach you? Like, was there a casting call that you answered or they reached out to you somehow? No, there's,
1: they, they basically, so it's a, the, the, the local production companies um, will pitch Bravo to bring the show to their city And so there's a local production company here called Half Yard Productions, and they do say yes to the dress. Um, So they had been pitching Bravo for a couple of years, I think, to bring the show to DC, and um, it just just couldn't. I, I don't think Andy could visualize politics and how that would work, and who would do it, and who would agree to do it, because politicians' wives really can't do it. So I think he he had a hard time wrapping his head around how that would work. But um, as soon as uh, as Obama was elected, I think that's when things really became interesting to him because um, all allies were on D.C. then. And then I think the way Half Yard presented um, what their what their concept was was appealing to him. But um, no, I think the way it was done is the production company went to a lot of the girls who do PR in D.C. to sort of figure out uh, who would be good candidates and who would actually agree to do the show <laughs> in right. D.C. Yeah. So they found me and, um, and Linda and I are old, old, dear friends, and um, I've pushed her forward and said, you know, this, this woman would be perfect. We're already friends. She's, she's a hoot. She's a, a successful businesswoman. She's been in DC for over 25 years. She's got children. She's hilarious and we have really good chemistry. So um, I think they sort of tagged us together in the
0: beginning. And then were you like, was anybody upset or were you upset when they said, guess what? This is no longer Insider Washington or Washington Insider, whatever you just mentioned the title was going to be. We're actually morphing oh. this into The Real Housewives.
1: Oh, can you hear that ding in my computer?
0: No, right. I could hear I could hear nothing okay. but some chirping or something. Your nature. <laughs> All I can hear is okay, the nature good. in the background. So were so you guys yes, at? It's we're, raining here. Oh, wow. It it looks gorgeous. Beautiful. So what were you saying? Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. So were you guys like, were you, was anyone upset, or were you upset when they told you, like, forget this Washington Insider concept. This is morphing into something different, and guess what? Surprise. We're part of the Real Housewives now. No, that's not the way it went down, because I'm um, no dummy, and,
1: you know, the more I learned about what the plan was um, and what they were trying to do. I, immediately when I had the first meeting with um, the cat, one of the casting directors, I sat at lunch with her and I said, this has to be real housewives. There's just no way the way you're, you're pitching this and, the, and what you're looking for. You're looking for five women that are doing different things that could be, um, could be friends. And I just looked at her and I was like, I know you can't say it, but I know what this is. So I just assumed from the beginning that it was Real Housewives. And that's when, um, when they did finally uh, offer me a contract and, and say they really did want me. Um, I went to my father, who is um, one of the pioneers of the cable business and a lawyer. And um, he thought I was absolutely crazy for even thinking of doing such a thing. Including my family and putting my family at risk, and um, I really had to. I really had to sell him. and And when I when I told him why I wanted to do it and what my theory was around it, um, he understood and actually said, "If it, if it were if he were in my shoes, he would do it too." So, um, first of all, I knew that uh, reality shows were not working in DC that it's really hard to do a reality-based show. I think um, the MTV show was here, that flopped. And then I think Rob Lowe tried to do something here in D.C. That didn't work or was never picked up. So I said, Dad, you know, I know it's a risk. I know why they want me. And I also know that this probably isn't going to go very far because I don't think that reality shows really work in D.C. And I think Bravo is is trying and this is what this is what my my thinking was at the time that and I believe I'm right is I think Bravo was um, hearing a lot from their fans their franchise fans that um, they were losing followers because it was getting so crazy um, with you know the Atlanta girls no way they were behaving and the the Jersey girls and flipping tables and all that kind of stuff that people were getting a bit turned off to this level of drama, and so I think that they were testing to see the, if the ratings would hold for kind of a kinder, gentler, less chaotic show. And so um, I think that's what we were definitely. Um, I think we brought a level of class that hadn't been seen, you know, um, to the to the franchise. I think in some ways it was, you know, we've, I, you know, if the critics, if I listen to the critics, I think some ple- people thought we were a little flat and uninteresting, but I think a lot of that had to do with the Salahis and the way the Salahis completely over, overran the show with their behavior and their nonsense. And so they had, to, they had to go, our producers had to go back and re-edit the show to make it completely about that one incident which really just made us you know go away. I'd have to go away.
0: Yeah. No, that's I got a lot of questions about that and a lot of theories and a lot of statements. Why do you think why do you but to your point why do you think reality shows don't like why do you think it's hard to do a reality show in DC or like why don't they work just because none of the politicians' wives can really participate or the politicians can't participate? People in DC
1: like to hold their cards very tight and they like to keep their business quiet and there's a lot of wealth here that um, people don't like to show their stuff off you know people have nice things and nice cars and nice homes but they don't necessarily have it flashing around like cities like Dallas Texas and Los Angeles um, you know so I think that um, to, to get people to really be um, to bring on the drama here in DC. is pretty, it's a, it's a big stretch, I think.
0: This work year has been more stressful so far than any year I've had in a really long time. All because of this podcast. And you guys know I'm a workaholic and I have such a hard time taking my mind off of work. But one thing that really has helped me is the mobile game Love and Pies. Now I am not a gamer. I mean, you think of me, you don't think of a gamer, right? But it's not just that this game takes my mind off of work. It's that Love and Pies is related to our reality TV that we talk about here every day. There's more drama in this game and more intrigue than the shows that we watch. There's a woman named Amelia Green. You kind of play as her. She's a single mom. She moved to the countryside after a rough divorce. She discovers all these dark family secrets. Amelia's mom is missing. And the more you play, the more I play, I get sucked in and I just want to keep advancing. But don't take my word for it. More than 4.5 million people downloaded this game in the first year. And just in case you're wondering, it's free to download. So for a tasty mix of love and drama, download Love and Pop for free today that's Love and pies free to download in the app store or google play because
1: you know and and all of us, um that participated and were cast I, I know that i can speak for linda and myself we both said you know we're just going to be our authentic selves we're not interested in acting a certain way to you know cause problems or and i told them i told our producers i said you know I am a very non-confrontational person. I I actually don't like conflict. I flee from conflict actually, and I think you saw a little bit of that in our season where you know I probably didn't stand up for Kat the way I should have with you know Erica and I kind of I I I kind of freeze when when conflicts start and I let our producers know that from before I even signed a contract and just said you know I'm. I'm just a nice girl and I, I have, you know, I hold, I hold friendships very, you know, I, I hold loyalty and friendship and, um, behavior to the highest standards. And I know what I'm signing up for, but I want you to know that I'm, I'm going to do my best to, you know, be entertaining and participate in the entertainment factor of what we're doing here because it's very important. Um, but I'm also, I'm not going to be someone I'm not either. So um, I think that's, that's, that's the difference in, in what, we, what we gave. Because I think, you know, as these seasons go on, I do know, I do know that um, producers definitely ask for certain things to happen and coax people to do things, um, you know, just to, just to cause some drama and stir things up.
0: Did you see a lot of that on your show, like where producers really try to like manipulate the situation and cause drama?
1: It's very subtle. Um, It's very sneaky. And usually it happens when we are in our pickup interviews. So when we're sitting for two hours, having a line producer behind the camera, ask us questions and tell us things feed us information that we don't have about certain things that are going on with other women in the show and getting our opinions on them, they're stirring the pot for sure. Um, And also feeding little nuggets, feeding little nuggets of what's being said about me and my reaction. And and, um, just, just kind of a big witch's cauldron of, of stirring a pot. You know, it really, it really is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard things and, from and different. You know, and, Go on, sorry. Yeah,
1: but, but I, I also, I also know that, um, and we were all very naive to this. I mean, we, we, we all, I mean, we really were pretty naive to it, with an idea of of knowing that there's there's an end goal here, and the end goal is not to just sit and watch us in our homes or at a party, you know. You know have a cocktail together and chit chat it's you know they want they want some storylines to be woven they want some things to be interacting and and interesting and the drama definitely. but um you know it it's we we've walked into this very naive and you know just kind of thrown in it into it with with very little information too
0: I mean, and I've heard the same thing from like a lot of other like housewives that I've spoken to. You know that, right? Like in the pickups, the producers will be like, "Well, can you believe what she said about you?" And I mean, if that's not stirring the pot, I don't know what is. Oh
1: yeah, oh yes, yeah. and I had no idea what the, what was going on. All they wanted me to do was to talk how I talk about how I feel about the Salahis that was a majority of the questions that I was getting um, because they ended up having to edit the show all around them. And so I was very vocal about how they really had very little respect in our town and that they were, that they were cons and you winery to barter to be sponsors for these charity events. And, you know, that, that they were just, just basically Bonnie and Clyde um but I had no idea that they were that they were working on something against me with them I had no idea until that winery scene where I'm at the table
0: right and uh, putting them aside just for a second cuz trust me I've got we got to get into them like do you think
1: well that's sh- actually all I talked about with <laughs> them <laughs> that's usually, I mean, David, honestly, that's usually all anyone wants to hear about um, when they interview me about this
0: this experience. That doesn't shock me. I mean, it, listen, it's a lot of what I want to hear about. And that's, I have a whole theory on that too, because I want to ask you just about, I feel that's why DC was a whole different show than all these other shows, because it was almost overshadowed mm-hmm. by this whole thing. But before we get there and then we're going to get there, do you think short of them, the show was well cast? like Stacy, Linda, Kat, I mean, besides you, of course, like, do you think the other, they cast the show correctly with the other players besides the Salahis?
1: I do too. I think we were a great group. Um, I think I put that in my Twitter feed today. I said, we really, the four of us, so so much fun together. And um, I think there was enough drama and enough pot stirring with the four of us um, that was interesting, but I, I do think that the, that the show was well cast. I think that it is it was, I know that the African American slot, because they, they had, to, they, I knew that they, they producers were having a hard time filling that slot because there, there weren't a whole lot of women that were, um, interested in doing it.
0: And they specifically but. wanted an African American for one of the slots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They did, for sure.
0: They had to. I mean, and that's one of the things, you know, there's all of this, because I mean, I don't know if you follow any of the housewives now, but the fact that, you know, the real housewives of Beverly Hills, they have an African-American, Garcelle. This is like the first season. Like, there's been all of this hoopla over, like, the cast are either... African-American, like Potomac and Atlanta, or they're predominantly white, and yeah. there's no there's no racial mix in any of the cast. And now I'm like, well, wait a second. D.C. had this, people. Does, does anyone realize this, that this existed on The Real Housewives of D.C.? Yeah. Like, this already existed. I just think it's funny that yeah. no one seems to realize this actually has already existed in the history of Housewives. Well, I think you heard...
1: I, I think if I recall... Stacy said, made a statement in our show that said, D.C. is the chocolate city.
0: (laughs) She did.
1: (laughs) She did. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's really why they they had to they had to have
0: some representation of of the African-American community there. Now. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Now we're going to come back to that, too, in a second. So let's just get into the Salahis. Thank you for answering. I'm trying to give you, you know, a different platform because I do realize that all everyone wants to talk to you about is the Salahi. So for a minute there, I wanted to, you, know, you know, I wanted it to be about you, Mary, and your wonderful, palatial can we get background. back
1: to me? Can we get, can we get back to me? Because what I usually like to do in these, in these situations, in these interviews is to yeah. get that part out of the way. And sort of, like, put that aside, like, deal with it, and then put it aside, and then talk
0: about me and what I'm up to. And it's been 10 years, David. Totally. We can get back to you. We can get back to you afterwards. Yes. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. So here's my thing. Like, do you think, like, did the show set out to be all about the Salahis, or was it the fact that this happened in real life? And then everyone had to like jumble and the whole story changed. Like was the set out to be about this? Like, did that situation happen before the show was green lit and cast or was it in the middle? Uh, no, no. Oh,
1: what you said before is absolutely accurate. So we started filming, uh, the middle of September and, um, our, our set, our, Schedule was five days a week, five hours a day for five months. That was our that was our schedule going in. And so we started in mid-September, the White House crash, and we're just bobbing along, bobbing along. The White House crash happened Thanksgiving week. So we're like three quarters of the way done because we were breaking for the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we were breaking for the Christmas holidays and coming back. And we were two, there were going to have two weeks of filming between Thanksgiving and the, the December holidays and then um, come back in January and wrap. So we were almost done and that happened. And we, we actually, our production went dark for three or four weeks. We didn't have any word about anything because legally bravo was being implicated for this action by the white house and the secret service and congress and so they were they were in a excuse my language shitstorm on the on the other side on the legal side and it was happening right around when comcast was buying nbc universal and comcast is a pretty conservative group and they don't You know, they were getting into, just getting into bed with NBC Universal and this happened. Um, So in in answer to your question, no, we, this, the, the show had to scramble really. And I, I ended up, it's really, it's really sad to me what happened just personally, because, um, I, I did the sh- a majority of the reason I did the show was to promote my charity labels for love. And, and I raised money for women's and children's causes for, for, you know, here in DC locally. And I really wanted to feature that and, and showcase that to grow this, grow the organization and take it national and build a platform of charity. And um, so I pulled together in about three weeks, this incredible fashion show, that was sponsored by the Renaissance organization, Marriott. Um, I, I had Leela Rose, the dress designer from Dallas, Texas, come and do a fashion show at the Mayflower Hotel. Renaissance underwrote practically the whole thing. And they didn't let me know until um, the very last week we were filming that my, my whole entire charitable platform would be cut from the show, edited out. And that my, that my event that we had just raised a bunch of money for Children's National Medical Center here was cut. And that the whole, and the whole, because they were going to use my charity um, event as the, as the season finale show. Like our, our last event was going to be the season finale. And it would been, it would have been my show, my fashion show. Instead, it was. How it ended up the the White House crashing, and then so they had to re-edit the whole entire season to end on that note and see what that really looked like from the camera's angles. And it was a scramble.
0: Yeah, that, that's a scramble. And like while Bravo was being implicated, what the White House and Secret Service thought Bravo had something to do with this. A lot. he's crashing the Obama White House. Yes. Wow. Yes. And
1: they really didn't and you know i don't know if you, if you remember in that scene where um Mikhail is getting dressed for the white house um in her sari and she's at the hair salon and there's a big scramble about the invitation where's the invitation our producers did something unprecedented they crossed the fourth wall you know that term in production yeah yeah. And they put and they put our line producers in the scene asking for the invitation, which was very smart because I think they had an idea that this was very risky, um, and probably Bravo encouraged them to make sure they were covering their butt um, and and you know to prove that they were not behind this and that they were actually looking for that invitation.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, like when this came out in the media, were you guys shocked? I mean, like, did you text Cat and Linda and are like, "Holy shit!" David. Like,
1: David, I will never forget it. It is like a, it is like something ironed in my brain. I was here at the farm because we spent our family Thanksgiving here at the farm. It was Wednesday because the the White House incident happened on Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. So Wednesday morning, the news. Last thing that there's been this major international incident, and that this couple has crashed Obama's first state dinner, and it's from this woman who's on The Real Housewives in the cast. Linda and I were, and Cat and Stacy, we were all on the phone together, and just my, like, oh my God, what does this mean? What is like? It, it, does this mean that our show is going to get canceled? Like, are we even going to get to be on The Real Housewives? Or, like, we, did, we had no idea. We were freaking out, really. Did it? Any- we got no information. No information. Like, like no information. All, the only information we got was, you guys are not coming back. We will let you know what's going on. And we didn't really hear from anybody for, like, three to four weeks. We were just wow. dark, on hold. That must yeah. have
0: been crazy. Like, right. Bravo was just like, just mind your own business. Like, we got to deal with this. Goodbye. We'll be in touch.
1: You're, you're in a holding pattern, basically, is what they told us. So just just, stay, stay tuned and we'll let you know what's happening when we can.
0: Wow. It
1: was, it was a mess. It really was a mess and very upsetting.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's a show that you worked on and like you said, like your charity and like you were going a show, a lot of things on the show.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it was edited out because they had to re-edit the show to, to deal with the the end, end crescendo of what this looked like behind the scenes at the
0: end. As and, an and at the reunion, I mean, I don't know, Michaela's argument <laughs> or whatever, it made no sense. Oh my God.
1: I've been reading, I've been reading, cause there's been a lot of um, people talking about it lately um, because we're at our 10 year anniversary. And um, it's funny how people are talking about that reunion and how, um, how, she, how Mikhail really showed her colors and the way she was busted about the redskinette cheerleader lie. And I mean, the MS thing and there was just so much that, that, that she just dug herself in a hole even deeper at the reunion.
0: And I guess they just thought they, they just thought they were entitled to be there, I guess, invitation or not is really what it came down to.
1: I think there was something that was unique to whatever they, they worked out that, that made it, so they thought that they could somehow get away with it, like the, with Michelle Jones, who was in the—I um, think she was secretary of the army or something—worked for, for the secretary of the army, and they had they had involved her in their charity event in September. Um, and so they were friends with her, or you know acquaintances with her, and I think that Michelle Jones truly was trying to get them in. But there was never a confirmation. There was never. So I think what they did is they just risked it, that they had enough to go on to to just show up and con their way in, which is what happened.
0: That's crazy. When this happened and you guys were on the phone and you were on hiatus for four weeks, did anyone think, like, did anyone say or think, I mean, to the best of your knowledge, like, you know what? this could be great for our show. like did anyone think like this is such like so sensational and let's sensationalize this? Do you think the producers thought that like holy shit, we hit you know jackpot or like did any of the cast feel that way um,
1: I think that all of us felt um that it was it was basically them. Taking the taking the spotlight, and we were all pretty disappointed in in this behavior. I mean, it, it's it's not just about the TV show either. It's about the safety of our president, and yeah, we really were shocked that they, that they made a decision to go that far, um, and and put our president and 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 the White House in jeopardy. I mean, and in a in a way, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because what it did is it tightened things up, and. I'm sure, you know, security to get into a state dinner now is extremely tight. Um, and so thank God it wasn't some somebody else that could have done some real damage. And it, it was just
0: this, like, you know,
1: stunt by a reality show, you know.
0: Yeah. Someone who wants to just be famous. I mean, is that, I mean, is that what you think the motivation was? Like, do you think it was tied to the show or they just wanted to be there? Or you think it was tied to the show? Like we want to become infamous.
1: Oh, I think that they were just pushing the envelope. Um, They would never have tried to do this if it wasn't for the show. No way. This was all for cameras. This was all for, this is, you know, I'm sure that they, they sat there and plotted a way um, to get it. And apparently, I've read something um, because I've just been doing doing some some reading about what what's out there because I, I I you know I don't know what's out there about what happened I've, I I really didn't spend much time reading you know what theories were and or what they were saying afterwards I mean I just kind of was so disgusted at the end of it that I just kind of I, I couldn't even watch Bravo TV. In fact, to this day, it's a bit hard because of even the music for real Housewives is is bothersome to me because it, it, it just it brings back some some feelings of disgust um, and disappointment that um, are are challenging. But I was reading how um, Tark, Tark Salahi, I guess, reached out to someone just prior, like weeks prior to um, crashing the White House Correspondence Dinner, because that happened before the White House. They crashed into yes. the White House Correspondence Dinner yes. before. And I think that um, there's been someone that reported that Tarek was doing some reconnaissance of, or research about how to crash a major event like that.
0: Wow. Like what are
1: this? what's the strategy to do that? So I think that there was some real conniving going on for sure, but these people would not do this unless there were cameras on them. They, they just didn't have, there they were just would have been no mo- motivation. I mean, they were just conning local like charitable events, social events here in DC. Nothing like that would have happened. No way.
0: And then were you guys all pissed at the producers and like Bravo, like the rest of the cast, like just, our sh- I mean, you were obviously at the Salahis, Hes like you hijacked our entire show, and then, like did that spill yeah. over to like resentment with the producers?
1: Um, we let them know that we were not happy and that um, we were hopeful in the editing process that they would that they would salvage um, the ability to develop our characters enough to go forward and um, not make this a huge waste of time and waste of money because, you know, you're not paid much in the first season and you end up spending a lot of your own personal money um, to do this. And so we felt felt like it was, we did encourage them to do what they could to paint the picture enough so that this wasn't going to just crash and burn because of this incident, which, you know, I think they tried their best. I don't think, you know, they had a
0: choice. Plus, I also think they were getting
1: directives. I think they were getting directives from Bravo directly. That this was how it had to play out.
0: Right. Like this is a huge event, and Bravo was, in a way, probably happy that this was part of their show.
1: Yeah, and we did. We did take um, some steps. Actually, we the four of us did band together, and we did have a meeting with our producers. Before we went back to work um, in January, um, saying that we really we we don't feel we can't work with them anymore. Uh, um, We don't want to work with them anymore. If you want us, you know, we kind of did a little protest move and and um, and, and our producers heard us and were very um, apologetic and understood where we were coming from. And, um, but and we were pretty firm about our feelings about what, what had happened and, 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 and putting pressure on them to really do the right thing by us with the editing process and,
0: um, not make this a huge waste of time. Like I said, and basically you went to the producers and said, if this show comes back, the four of us will not work with these two or
1: yeah. 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 And we had, we had one more scene. And um, God bless Kat. Kat was the one who was the scapegoat here who ended up agreeing to go and have a meeting with them at Stacy's house. Um, and I, I, I don't recall exactly what transpired, but I think it was Kat basically because Linda refused to work with them. I refused to work with them based on what, that, what they had done to Lolly. And what they were accusing Wally of. There was no way I was going to be in the same room with them again. Yeah. Um, and um, this was serious. I mean, we're talking about some serious stuff that went down. I mean, a White House crash and FBI investigation allegations against my daughter that were absolutely erroneous. Like, that's BS. No way. Yeah. I'm not doing it. And um, TV, you know, drama or not, I'm not. I'm not doing this. This is how serious I am about this. And so, cat, cat um, bit the bullet, took the bullet, and, um, you know, there. And we all were in the house, but cat was in the room when the Salahis came to the door at Stacy's house and and had a conversation with them about what happened. And that was it. And we didn't see, we didn't see Mikhail again until August. So we wrapped and did all of our, did all of our promotional shoots, everything. And she was not there because we told them that we would not work with her anymore. So they, in in our, in our promo shot with the five of us in the white house, in the yellow room, you know, that show, that picture, she
0: was,
1: she was photoshopped in.
0: Really? She was not there with us. So yeah. you guys wouldn't even, you didn't even want to see her for a picture?
1: No. were wow. We refused. Refused. So we didn't see her until our, um, we showed up in LA for press. Wow. So.
0: Has anyone yeah. seen her since? Like, do you, has anyone? I mean, I know she's married to the guy from Journey. I, I saw her because I was at a Journey concert like a year and a half ago. And there she, she was. Did. She was I <laughs> was she in the front front row or was she backstage? She was well I was in the front row and then like between the front row and the stage there was like that little pit area and I was like, Oh fuck, wow. that's that's Michaela. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> she's there
0: right on tour. No,
1: so that, Yeah. Oh yes, I know. With hearts all over her. Um it's pretty funny. Seriously. Um and I, I'm happy for her. I, I really hope that she's found some truth and some joy in her life because I think that she was very unhappy in that marriage. I think that man is, is, um, has problems. And I, yeah. and I think that there was some things going on there that, that we don't know that I, I think she, she was subject to, but, um, anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought now.
0: She was it unhappy. Me up again, And she was unhappy and she was at yeah. the concert and, she was rocking. Oh out yeah.
1: Was... <laughs> oh, she's very happy now. It appears, um, uh, and very well taken care of. Um, but no, what I was going to say is that we didn't see her until um, our press tour in L.A. So we go to L.A. to the Beverly Hills Hotel, where there's a big, huge party for all of the NBC Universal shows launching that season and we were the we were the next housewives franchise launching and that was a ball and so much fun um so we 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 were subject to her there and somehow i got stuck with her because what they do is they split they split you up we don't function going from room to room and talking to e-entertainment and to serious radio all together we're split up into pairs or threes and i ended up with her for a lot of that press because the other three girls were you know I think I think I have the ability to be a little bit more di- diplomatic than than the others especially Kat I was gonna say <laughs> I think refused. I mean she's just like outright nasty to her
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> why do you think the show um, might
1: yeah. Hurt? Why like, do I think the show didn't work?
0: Like, what? Well, like, as far as like, why didn't it come back for a second season? Not that it necessarily didn't work, but
1: I think the show worked. It's just that the premise of the show ended up being so hijacked by that nonsense and that incident that it was very hard. And also, I think that um, financially, I think that incident caused bravo a lot of expense on the legal side and so their business model was kind of blown out of the water um
0: that frankly. makes sense
1: and um i also yeah and i also think that andy was getting a lot of pressure from this new partnership this new ownership from concast that you know this this is not isn't going to work. This is too risky for us. This is not, you know, I I really do think that it had to do with the risk of the Salahis. And also, I believe that um, launching in such a crazy way with such a crazy premise would have made it hard to replace her if, you know, if they had kicked her off and had us four.
0: Right. I don't know
1: who else they could have brought on that would have, you know, brought drama like that. So, you know, and I, I, you know, I think the I think they had a hard time casting the show to begin with, um, to find people that were appropriate and interested in in you know sharing their lives and opening up themselves to to do it. We that did have so. one girl that was that quit actually the day we were signing our contracts. She was she was going to be a sixth cast member. Ah. Um, her name was Lisa. Lisa Spees and she she's a political um, consultant to some political that were pot- potential political candidates and um, she came all the way to the end and then the day we were going to sign our contracts one of her clients said that he was going to fire her if she did it wow. so she declined at the very last so we were going to be six and wow. that would have been interesting i think it yeah. I think it would have been a little bit different um, because she was a piece of work too. Wow. And very interesting and animated and, and politically driven, very politically driven.
0: How do you feel about Potomac? Like, are you like, well, why aren't the DC girls back? I mean, how does this, it's so right there. I mean, do people ask you about Potomac a lot? They do. And, you know, I've only watched a few episodes of
1: that show ever. <laughs> like, I don't watch it. Um I think that I think the flavor of that show is different. I think that it's not it's not necessarily about DC. I think it's about I think the reason they called it Potomac is because it's it's about the river. I mean the the Potomac River is a major thing here in DC and DC and Maryland are on one side and Virginia is on the other and it's really a stone's throw across the river to get to either, either of the three places. And, you know, to me, the, 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 what, the reason they chose to, the name Potomac is because it's, it's identifying the place, but it's not DC. It's not about DC. It's right. about, It's about women that live around DC and mostly in Maryland. I, I don't think any of those women live in DC, you
0: know, no, and- not that
1: that matters, but I think, I think that it's, it's, that it's that it's been um, that it's specifically been oriented around just the lives of the women of that area, not not about politics,
0: not about social scenes, not you know, it's not it's that not makes a thing. sense. And you don't know any of them, like Karen or Giselle or any of them.
1: I don't know any of the. I um, I know Charisse, and she's not on oh. the show anymore.
0: No, she's not. she's not
1: the only one. And,
0: and then before we,
1: Robin, I know Robin. That's oh, you do. It. I know Robin. I forgot that she's on it. Yeah, I do know Robin, and she's awesome. And and uh, she, I, like, she is the one of the last people that I would have thought would have done that too. She's very quiet, very unassuming, very authentic, very down to earth works hard and you know she's just a really cool laid-back chick and I just I was so surprised when I saw it with her that was on there and she's done a great job from what I can see I mean yeah. from watching her on social media and stuff I haven't seen the show but um I think that I think that she's brought some um I think she's
0: brought some good stuff to that show
1: I what think I so, too. she's
0: really nice. And then before we bring yeah. it back to you and wrap up and we talk about everything you're doing in your life right now, do you think this show, forget about the Salahis for just pretend like they're not part of it or never were. Do you think the show would be different? Cause we saw political stuff and race stuff. Like, do you think it would, how different would it be now under the Trump administration? Like if the Salahis were not in it, but it was the four of you and some other girl, do you think the show would be totally different under a Trump administration?
1: David, I think it would be the top rated show in the whole franchise, frankly, right now. I really do. I think that right now, given how polarized people are politically, I can't even imagine the conversations and the drama and what would be, what would be going on right now if that show had proceeded and we are here now in this, in this political climate.
0: It would be batshit. I think. (laughs) I think so because you guys were just very vocal. You're like I voted for Bush. I'm Republican. I'm Democrat. So it's like that's the stuff now that makes people go batshit fucking insane.
1: I know. I know. And now it's, you know, before for for some reason, before you had your opinions and you had your reasons for voting for someone and you had your, you know, issues that are important to you and all of that and all of that, health healthcare, and education, all of that, all that stuff that we we have opinions about. But in this time, I mean, there's just, you know, we're it's so polarized now because
0: totally. people that
1: are for him are so judged. Like everyone is like, if you like Trump now, you're. Yeah, uh, like what's wrong with you? You know, and I and I know that he's done some good. I I do believe that he's done some good, but I I think that overall it's been uh, just a nightmare. And I think hopefully, and you know what I I I always bring it back to the fact that his whole um, political agenda or one of the major politi- part of the political agenda he he spoke of when he was campaigning was he's going to drain the swamp. And so when, when all of this controversy comes up and he, you know, is, is going through an impeachment trial and all of that, it's all about draining the, the swamp and exposing the, 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 the political nonsense that does go on, that gets Stuck and not getting done, and no resolution, and wasted money and people's time, and you know tax dollars and all of that. But um, you know, I think that if if we had had the show and it was it was on today, it would be I, I think it would be through the roof in the ratings, really.
0: I think so, too, because now the littlest mention of anything political, right? No one's allowed (laughs) to have an opinion anymore. People go crazy. It's insane. But to your point, right, you used to be able to have an opinion about which side you voted for and you had a discussion and or... You didn't have a discussion, but everyone was entitled to their own opinion. Yes. I think it would be off the charts, batshit crazy. So what are you up to now? Like, tell us everything you have going on. And by the way, you can come back anytime you want. And you and I will talk after this offline. But Uh before we wrap up, what, uh, tell us, what do you have going on now?
1: So I really have, um, over the last couple of years. So I, I'm, I, um, so I'm now 53 years old and, um, my children are all gone. I, I got married. I got pregnant and married at 19. So, Holly so Lolly Amons now is turning 34 this year. You can wow. That. And, um, and she, she's not married. She's doing well. Um, all of my kids are off doing awesome things. They're all settled and happy and productive and making me very proud. Um, so I've kind of over the last few years been in a little bit of um, this weird transition because my whole life has been about um, you know taking care of my children. And I'm the oldest of seven and my mom and I had babies together. So I've been this like mother figure since I was about eight years old helping my mom. And then I got married at 19 and started my family and had five kids and was married for 26 years. So I've had this sort of I mean, I've had some issues adjusting um, to this new this new um, life, and it's it's been a challenge to try to figure out really what my true purpose is. And always, it's been about charity. Like I'm, I grew up in, in charity. My dad started a charity back in the, in the 70s for Vince Lombardi, raising money to raise you know to bring cancer. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, So charity's been a huge part of my life, and, and that will always be. So that's my heart. And um, and when I got divorced and had to move, I I I mean, I basically moved from my mom's house, my parents' house, to my my big girl house with my husband at 19, and you know, finished school and went to and went to design school and and basically raised my family for most of my life and then started my charity um, in 2006. And um, so I've been in this transition and what I've, what I've figured out is that um, I'm more than just a mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm an art. I'm what I'm doing now is that I've moved to Dallas for two years and I'm here back here in DC. And what I've, what I've, um, figured out is that Dallas is awesome. I've learned and learned so much about myself and grown so much there. And I've been doing some design projects there and I moved there for love. I, 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 um, met and fell in love with this beautiful man, Jeff. He's in the beauty industry and, um, he's in Dallas. So I moved to Dallas to be with him. And then what I've realized since I've been back here in DC for this, this forced time to stay home with my family is that I really need to um, be in both places equally. And being away from DC has been hard. It's been a growing experience. It's made, it's made me really think about what um, I need in life and who I am and what I need to do. So I'm getting back into television. Um, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm launching my lifestyle blog Um, I'm working in movie production, which I had dipped my toe in before when, right at the end of the housewives, um, experience. And so I'm raising money for films. I'm working with some people in Hollywood that are big, big people. I can't mention them, but I'm, I'm getting myself back out there and, um, and I'm painting again. I'm tapping back into my creativity and taking care of my parents. And, um, and really, just in a place where i'm i'm I can do whatever I want, and it's awesome, like I can go and do and if i want to go it's like culinary school, I can go do that if I want to go do that, you know, if I want to go be a hairdresser, I can go to i can go to hair school if I want to go do
0: that That's like you a... know. I agree I mean you're kind of like me and then we'll wrap up before like my engineers scream at me but I agree like I've done a lot of different things in life and you know you're kind of like an entrepreneur like in the sense that you're creative and you've got a lot going on and when this is all over and we're allowed to travel again in the world I have to be in Dallas for this podcast related stuff and I have to be in DC for two different things so you and I need to meet and have a drink whichever one you're going to be in sure it needs to be for in one sure. of and i will well, de- i have
1: you. a lot of plans yeah i have a lot of plans and i'm doing some design projects here that, that, that i am a i'm a i'm a believer and i believe that god has a plan and that there's there is a reason for everything and um, i'm seeing a silver lining in this moment right now as tragic as it is and as, as many people that are dying it's, it's horrible um I'm I'm really blessed with this time to just be quiet and figure out what I'm doing and what I'm going to do to to leave a legacy that that is important. I mean, we watched the Jane Goodall or on Earth Day. We we watched the Jane Goodall special on Nat Geo last night about hope, and that woman has left such an incredible legacy, and she's not gone yet. But she's slowing way down. She's in her 80s, and it was so inspiring to me to really figure out what am I going to do to leave, leave a mark on this planet. That's going to really make a difference. And it's going to be something that has to do with taking care of women and children, um, on a very basic level and on a very down to earth program specific level. Um, and so I'm going to bring back my, cha- my charity work labels for love that's coming back. That's amazing. And, um, I'm, I'm doing my design business, Mary Eamon's Design, so that's keeping me that's keeping my bills paid and it's it's feeding my creative side. And I have some great clients that I'm working with and that's some great. really exciting opportunities on the on the commercial side here in DC that that I can't talk about yet but will will be on my social media sometime soon. So, I'm just in sort of this transition and it's it's a beautiful place and I'm at least and I'm so grateful. Um, that my kids are healthy and everybody's safe and that my parents are still here and
0: that I could spend this time with them here at this beautiful farm. It looks gorgeous. Now, where can everyone find you on social media, on Instagram? That's the best place.
1: Instagram is my, my, so it's interesting, David, because when we did when we, when our housewives show was on, Instagram didn't exist. So I have like 20,000 followers on, on Twitter. And I don't really use Twitter much, so I've just started to get back into my Twitter because I do want to get myself back out there and I want to be communicating with people and sharing things. Um, But Instagram, I I only have like 3,000 followers on Instagram. I can't even get verified on Instagram. Everyone needs to follow you.
0: What are you on Instagram? It's Mary. It's just your first and last name, right?
1: It's just my name. Yeah, Mary Amon at Instagram. And also on Instagram, my business is on there, Mary Amon's Design.
0: I see it. There's a link to that. And so, my web,
1: my website, yeah. And my website is, is Mary Amon's, and that's going to be my lifestyle blog. And my um, design website is Mary Amon's Design.
0: Amazing. And, and I'm
1: bringing also, back labels. Labels for love is coming back out of the closet.
0: That's amazing too. And everything is on your Instagram. And you need to come back. Like we will wrap up. But we should we should do like another check in. Like when Labels for Love is like more up and running and we'll just sure. talk more about you. The next time, I promise, it's not going to be about the Salahis at all. We won't even mention them. We we got that out of the way. Yeah, we'll I'm have a fun have show. We're
1: over that. We're over that. Okay, good. <laughs> exactly.
0: Awesome. And let me just take a quick screenshot of you. It's still kind of blurry, but I'll just try it. And if it doesn't come out, we'll do pictures later. Okay, wait, let me,
1: wait, let me make my hair cute. One and second. Oh. Do it
0: again. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. If it doesn't come out, I have to look at these after. that. I'll just I'll call you on Instagram and we'll do a screenshot that way. So, but everybody okay. follow we'll Mary Mary screen. Amons. Yeah, and I'll I'll like DM you in a few to say hi. That's okay. so, right. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so we much have for real
1: time behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, exactly. You and I will talk. Thank off-stage. you,
1: David, so much for. Thanks so much for reaching out. I really appreciate this and I'm excited to celebrate 10 year anniversary. Oh, and also I wanted to mention that, that, that Linda, Kat and Stacey and I are planning uh, some activities and we were, we were talking with Bravo about going on Andy's show. Um, And I failed to mention this earlier on that, um, that they were, they were reaching out to us to do a reunion show on watch what happens live with Andy. But, Mikkel wouldn't respond and I even reached out to Mikkel on Instagram direct message and I saw that she saw me and she never responded so I think that she's probably been advised that she shouldn't be talking about that anymore and that that is a ship that has sailed in her life and um, and I understand it's very understanding but um, we're gonna do some things on our own if Bravo doesn't doesn't step up and put us on the show but I have a feeling I have a feeling that we probably will meet with Andy at some point on his show when when
0: everything gets gets back to normal. I hope so. And I'm gonna I have to talk to you about something with that too after this because I had something to tell you. But all right, I'll like DM you in five minutes and okay. love you. The next time you're coming okay. on, okay. it's just love, about us and you. you. All right, I'll talk to you in a few. Okay. All
1: right, Bye. David. Thanks right. so much.
0: All right. Bye. 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 Bye.